He does a great job. Church, I pray that you have your Bible with you this morning. We're going to be in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 2, looking at verses 1 through 12. Open up your sermon outline. You should have your bulletin hopefully there with you. We're going to work through that outline together this morning, the Sunday before Christmas. So get your bulletin, get your outline open, get a pencil, get a pen, grab your Bible as we go through God's Word with each other this morning. So when it comes to defining the word wisdom, we typically think about life experiences, right, that we accumulate or that knowledge that one possesses. Maybe it's a, a job, maybe it's a certain subject, maybe it's Christmas movies you've memorized, right, Flanagan's, uh, or, or the insight that we have gained in determining what's good or bad or what's right or what's, or what's wrong. But you might be amazed that wisdom is much, much more than just gaining knowledge. Listen to this article from January 2015 from WordPress. I want to share this with you. Some 10 common characteristics of wise people. Well, they're cultivated. They're compassionate. They're good listeners. They're nonconformist. They're open-minded. They're problem-centered, they're reflective, they're humor, humor, they have humor, they're unselfish, and they're willing. That's pretty amazing, right? That knowledge is much, much more. It's not just this intellect, it's not just something that we gain in school, but wisdom is like a life full of experiences that we have, amen? It's stuff that we learn, it's stuff that we go through in life, it's stuff that we put, you know, hey, hey, this is important, this is what, we, what we're learning together. And so when it comes to this Christmas story of the wise men, right, or the magi per se, we don't possess a ton of information on these individuals, but what we're going to encounter is that these magi or these wise men, they possess much, much more than just intellect. They possess much, much more than just knowledge. They possess many attributes and characteristics that really exemplify what great wisdom really looks like and what great wisdom really acts like. Let me ask you, anybody need a little Christmas wisdom this year? I, I think we all do, amen? It's been a tough year, church. Uh, it's, it's been one of those years that we never saw coming. It's been one of those years where people have kind of been downtrodden. It's been one of those years that, that people have, uh, they've lost some hope and they've lost some joy. And I think this morning, this is exactly what we need. We need the Word of God, amen? And, and we need to let that Word intrude in our lives. We need to let God's Word open up our hearts. We need to let God's Word, listen to me, don't just let the few words that I'm going to say this morning go in one ear and go out your, the other. I, I want you to truly say, Holy Spirit, open up my mind this morning. L let, let me be a sponge just for the next 20 to 30 minutes to truly see what it is. Is there something in my life, Lord, that, that I'm lacking? Father, is there something that's happened this year that's just really gotten me down? That, that's really, maybe it's changed your attitude. Maybe it's, it's, maybe it's changed your heart. And you really need some Christmas what? 
some Christmas wisdom. Listen to these words, Matthew 2, 1 through 12. And after Jesus was born in Bethlehem and Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. And they asked, they said, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and we've come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had called together all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. And out of you will come a ruler who will be a shepherd of my people of Israel. And then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child, and as soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. And after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they had seen in the east, it went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house... They saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down, and they worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this great day that you've made. Father, we thank you that we could come this morning. And worship. Father, we thank you that uh, as we've watched these kids sing this morning, Lord, how it stirred our hearts, Father. God, to see them, Lord, sing about you and to sing about the birth of our Savior and your Son. Lord, just, they were so excited, God. Lord, I pray we have that. Lord, I pray this morning that we're honest with ourselves. Father, I pray this morning that we're genuine, Lord. And Father, as we come and and as we have sang and as we have given our our gifts, now's the time to hear your word. And Father, I pray that, Lord, that we respond. Father, this is a day that we look forward to every year. Lord, it's the Sunday before Christmas. It's that great reminder, Lord, of, of, of the birth of our Savior. Father, we can never thank you enough for what you've done. But Lord, as we come together to worship this morning, those that are listening at home or wherever they may be. Father, I pray you're stirring our hearts right now, Lord. Father, impart on us some Christmas wisdom, God, that we need. We need it so badly, Father. For our our nation, for ourself, for our county, for our state, for our communities, Lord. People are hurting, God. And Lord, we, we hold a key. We hold wisdom that changes lives. And it's through a relationship with Jesus. And so, Father, I pray this morning if there's one that's struggling, Father, I pray this morning if there's one that doesn't have that relationship, God, Lord, that you'll move in a great way, Lord. And, Father, maybe there's Christians here, Lord, this morning that's struggling as well. Father, maybe today can be a great day of rededication, a great day of movement. We pray these things in the name of Jesus and all of God's people said, Amen.
You know, the story of the wise men is a great part of the Christmas story. And though we may not have a lot of information about these eastern wise men or magi, many people believe that they were astrologers. Many people believe maybe they were priests, but basically what we see is they had some type of ability to interpret the stars and they had some type of biblical knowledge of the Hebrew Old Testament. But it isn't the mystery of these eastern wise men that that make us study them. See, these wise men from the east, they were willing to seek out something that they had never seen or someone that they had never experienced. The Bible says that they were seeking the one that was born king of the Jews and that they had saw his star in the east, which leads us to understand just how wise these magi really were. See, these these wise men or these magi may not have known the exact place where baby Jesus lived, but within their pursuit of finding Jesus, they have taught us some valuable lessons. And this is where your sermon outline begins this morning. Number one is this, great wisdom come to those who seek his what? Seek his presence. That's why you're here this morning, amen? Amen. You've come seeking to be in the presence of our Lord. You've come seeking to be in the presence of other Christians and other believers that are around you. You know, people will say, well, when I'm in God's house, I just feel closer to God. I just feel his his presence. And you know why? It's because we've gathered together in the name of Jesus to worship his holy what? To worship his holy name. And so these wise men from the east, they were willing to seek out someone that they had never even met, and their intentions were as clear, because the Bible says they saw his star in the east, and they came to do what? Worship Jesus. They didn't come just to see him. They did not just come to wish him luck, but the Bible says they wanted to be in his presence because they wanted to do what? They wanted to worship Jesus. These wise men, they weren't just seeking a baby. They weren't just seeking a child that was born king of the Jews. They were seeking to be right dab smack in his presence. And I want you for a second to think about the effort that these wise men put forth. This wasn't just something that was ordinary. Some theologians believe these magi who may have been Jews remained in Babylon after the exile that they knew in the Old Testament. But the predictions of this Messiah that they knew through the study of the Testament... And so the Bible reminds us in Ezra 7, 8 through 9, that the journey from Babylon, if that is where these wise men actually came from, follow follow me for just a second. The Bible instructs us that from Babylon to Jerusalem was at least a four-month journey. We're not talking four minutes. We're not talking four hours. We're not talking four days. We're talking this was a journey that they set on to be in his presence, and time did not what? Time did not matter to them. It was a four-month journey from Babylon to Jerusalem. So can you imagine how long these magi traveled? It was either by foot, 
It was either by animals, they traveled through climate change, they traveled through geographical change, as well as other challenges that met them along the way. But these wise men were willing to put forth a great effort to find a king that they had officially never met, never seen, never heard. But there's something about having faith in someone that you've never seen. Amen? There's something about having faith, and the Bible says, blessed are those who believe, but yet have not what? Have not seen. Now, church, stay with me in your outline. They were also willing to give of their what? Their time. They were willing to give of their time to seek Jesus Christ. That's what you're doing right now at this very moment. There's other things in your life that you could be doing. There's other things in your life that may be more fun, per se. There's other things in your life that maybe it will draw your attention and maybe even keep your attention more. And I'm sure there were other pressing matters at home that they could have attended to, whether if it was their jobs, their careers, their families, or pressing matters. But I want you to think about this, church. Are you ready? If it took them four months to get to Jesus, then it took them another four months to get what? To get home. Are you with me? An eight-month journey to be in the presence of who? Of Jesus Christ. They were also willing to give up their what? Their wealth. They were willing to give up their wealth to seek Jesus. Now, can you imagine going on an eight-month round trip with no supplies? I mean, we barely make it an hour or two without wanting a snack, amen? We want a Coke, or we want a Mountain Dew, or we want a... You know, Hershey Kiss, or we, we want some peanut butter balls that the deacons has made and put on your desk trying to plump you up as the Christmas ham, right? And that's what mine did this winter. And so, but this is who we are. We, we like to plan. We like to have these supplies. And so these, these wise men were, were wise, and I'm sure they had planned accordingly, which means they invested financially for their what? For their trip to go see this king of the Jews. The Savior. And then they were also willing to give their what? Their attention. They were willing to give their attention to seek Jesus. And so after their conversation that they had had with King Herod, the Bible says the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Now church, follow me. This supernatural star that guided them to Bethlehem was now moving and guiding them in a supernatural manner to the world's biggest supernatural event in history. What an amazing moment. Who wouldn't have loved to have been with the wise men? Taking yourself back over 2,000 years ago. One of the first people ever to get to meet the Christ child. Going on this journey. Following this supernatural star that's now moving in a supernatural position over the supernatural. How amazing it must have been. And these magi, they probably had wealth, they had prestige, they, they probably even had honor, but they didn't have the joy of experiencing a moment in their life when they came face to face with the Creator and the Savior of all men, the King of kings, the Prince of peace, and the one who brought joy 
for all men. See, when all hope is lost, when everyone has disappeared, when life seems to weigh us down, there's always the joy of being in His presence and knowing that Jesus has come. Some of you this year, this has been one of the hardest years of your life. Amen? Some of you this year, schools not went according to plan. Relationships have not went according to plan. Jobs have not went according to plan. Health has not went according to plan. Everything with our children has not went according to plan. But you're right now experiencing a blessing in your life because we are together and we are seeking to be in His what? In His presence. God's moving right now. The Holy Spirit is stirring right now in this place. And you're feeling something right now that you've not felt in a long time. And doesn't it feel good, church? You're seeking His presence. And you have been willing to seek it with your time, with your wealth, and with your attention. And then the Magi also teaches number two. That great wisdom comes to those who what? Who not just seek Him, but they do what? They worship Him. Think about the ways that you've worshipped Christ already this morning. We have sang, amen? We got to open up our lungs and praise Jesus. That is an awesome blessing, amen? We got to watch our children sing and praise Jesus this morning. We've got to see people maybe we've not seen in weeks and months. We have got to be right in the presence of God. But we didn't just come, did we? We come to do what? We come to worship. Back in verse 2, the Magi told King Herod they were seeking the king of the Jews to worship him. Now in here in verses 10 and 11, after coming to the house, they saw the child with Mary and his mother, and the Bible says they fell to the ground and they what? They worshiped Jesus. This was the first time that Jesus truly received worship. The Magi, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and the Bible says that they had so much great joy that they literally fell to the what? They fell to the ground. The Magi immediately knew that they were in the presence of the King of the Jews, the Shepherd of Israel, the Creator, the Savior, the Sustainer of all mankind. They didn't need Mary or Joseph to explain this great gift. They already knew. They didn't need an audience. They didn't need a hymnal or a contemporary song. They didn't need the conveniences of heat or air condition or even the softness of a pew or a chair. They didn't care who saw them. The Magi were there to be in His presence and they were there to worship Jesus Christ. You know, when I visualize the Magi coming face to face with Jesus, it reminds me of a song. I'm going to pull on your heartstrings a little bit. You ready? I want you to put yourself in that position right now. You're one of the Magi. You've come following the star. And now here you are face to face with the creator, the sustainer of this world. And when I was thinking about this week, this song came into my mind. I was like, Lord, I can only imagine 
when that day comes. When you what? When I find myself standing in the what? In the sun. I can only imagine all I do forever is worship who? Is worship you. Imagine I got to experience that. Being in the very presence they didn't have to imagine. They were right there in the presence of Jesus. And today when it comes to worship, I think many have become confused. The Bible says we are to worship in in spirit and we're to worship in truth. But for many, the church house is... The church, church house and their time for worshiping Jesus has become more of a social outing than a worship opportunity. Many today, even after committing their lives to Jesus, forget that our time at God's house, it's a time to worship God. It's a time to praise His holy name. It's supposed to be a time of joy that's directed toward Jesus because of Jesus and what Jesus has done in our what? In our lives. And I imagine after walking around for thousands of miles, the last thing the Magi wanted to do was to just fall down on their knees. They were wise. They were probably well off. They were probably well esteemed. But falling down on their knees revealed their hearts to signify that they were giving up of themselves to who? To Jesus. And here I am, ready to worship ready to acknowledge you as my king and as my savior and as my joy. And you know why so many people can't genuinely worship church? Because so many people can't get over themselves. So many people can't get over themselves. And they think to themselves, well, Brother Donnie, if I fall down on bended knee and I worship God, that's me saying, God, I'm yours and yours alone. Well, isn't that what we're supposed to do? Aren't we supposed to pick up our cross daily, church? Aren't we to be submissive? Aren't we to be obedient? Aren't we to give up ourselves and say, Father God, it's you and you alone. Lord, I need to decrease. And Father, you need to what? Increase in my life. That's what we're called to do. That's what we need to do. And then the Magi also teach us, number three, that great wisdom comes from Giving unto Christ the Lord. Great wisdom comes from giving unto Christ. These magi had sought his presence. They worshiped Jesus and they gave. Verse 11b, it says, They opened their treasures and they presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. Let's go over these real, real quickly. Church, you ready? Gold was a gift symbolic of Christ's divinity. It was a gift symbolic of his divinity. Jesus was God in the what? In the flesh. And the Bible said the flesh was here and he dwelt among us in the first chapter of John. And then you got frankincense. Well, frankincense was an incense or perfume and this gift was symbolic of Jesus' holiness. The gift of frankincense to the Christ child was symbolic of his willingness to become a what for you? A sacrifice. 
wholly giving up of himself for all people. No matter who you are, no matter what you are, no matter where you've been, no matter where you're going, no matter what your skin color looks like, no matter what your educational background looks like, no matter if you've got a little, got a lot, if you're in between, the Bible said Jesus came for all. Every single person. Every boy, every girl, every man and every woman. Jesus came for all people. And then myrrh was a perfume and this gift was symbolic of his what? Of his suffering. Jesus would suffer and eventually die on the cross for all people who call upon his what? Who call upon his name. And many people today are self-seeking when it comes to Jesus because we've gotten lost in a society that promotes selfishness and self-righteousness. And these magi, they brought to Jesus their very best because they understood that God gave us his very what? His very best. And this Christmas season, listen, it's going to be filled with giving. And the Bible reminds us that it's better to give than to receive. And these magi, they were not expecting to get anything from Jesus at all, but yet they brought gifts to the Christ child. Church, can I tell you real quickly, the best thing that you can give Jesus this Christmas is you. That is the best gift that you can give Jesus. And maybe there's some of you here this morning that you've never given of yourself to Jesus. Maybe there's some of you that need to be reminded that we don't seek Christ so he can fulfill our, all of our needs. He's not some genie in a bottle. Amen? But we seek Jesus to give of ourselves. And when we finally give, church, follow me. When we finally give of ourselves fully to Jesus Christ, giving the other things that we have in our hands will become much, much easier. Amen? But it won't until you give yourself to Jesus. You know, people will say, well, Brother Donnie, I don't have much to give. You got time? You have effort, and if you've been saved, the Bible says that you have a gift, and that gift's not for you, it's for your brothers and sisters in Christ, to encourage them and to lift them up. How many of you all are exercising your spiritual gifts? And you may be thinking, well, Brother Donnie, you're just talking about money. We're just advocating that people give more and more and more and more. Listen to me, church. Are you ready? I'm going to give you some Christmas wisdom real quickly. That dollar bill that you have in your pocket, you don't have it because of you. You have it because of him. David said, I know where my help comes from. My help comes from the what? From the Lord. That means he gives you the strength. That means he gives you the wisdom. That means he gives you the ability. That means he gives you the ability to think and to have intellect and to do your job each and every single day of your life. And so when you get that check, right? Follow me. When you make that money and you've earned it and follow, we know, Lord, we work hard. We work 40 hours, 50 hours, 60 hours, 70 hours a week. Father, that's my money. And then he says, hold up there, brother. Hold up there, sister. If it wasn't for me, you'd have never had the strength to do it to begin with. The Bible tells us that all the silver and gold 
belong to him. And if it all belongs to him, then that means he's only gave it to us as a temporary what? Loan. A temporary loan. And then number four, great wisdom comes to those who are what? Obedient unto him. Great wisdom comes to those who are obedient unto him. Verse 12, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, what did they do? They returned to their country by another route. Now the Magi could have ignored God's warning. They could have returned to Herod, but because of Jesus, their lives took a different direction and a different direction over obedience unto God. Now sometimes our lives may need to take a different direction once we meet Jesus. One that is responsive, one that is obedient unto God's word and to God's will. I've had people come to me and they say, Preacher, I've been saved for a year. Preacher, I've been saved for five years. Preacher, I've been saved for ten years. And nothing in my life has really changed. Well, guess what? Jesus saved you. Jesus placed his Holy Spirit within you, and now it's up to you to be obedient. Now it's up to you to seek his presence. Now it's up to you to gain knowledge. Now it's up to you to come and worship. Now it's up to you to come and be a part of what Jesus wants for your life. Nobody can make you, can they? Nobody can make you. This has got to be something that you willingly want to do. And so when people say, well, Brother Donnie, I, I, I just, I, I've been saved. I don't feel any different. Well, part of that is because you've not been what? You've not been obedient. Part of that is you got saved and you said, well, Jesus, if you want to come along for the ride, you're more than what? You're more than welcome, but I'm still going to do things my What? My way, Jesus says, no. I put the Holy Spirit in you to guide you and to convict you and to steer you and to give you wisdom, but you still want to do it your way. And as long as you do it your way and you are not obedient unto my will and to what I want for your life, you're always going to feel like you're running around in what? In a circle. It's amazing to how many people I've counseled and been with in families and in marriages and they come to me and say, you know what, Pastor, when we finally started really doing what God wanted us to do, it was like a burden was lifted off of our shoulders. I tried it my way. And it just wouldn't what? It just wouldn't work. We Christians know, we've experienced the greatness of salvation. We know that when Christ comes into our lives, that our direction, it's never the same. 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, If anyone is in Jesus, he's a new creature. The old is past, and behold, new things have come. According to the wise, wisdom comes from those that are seeking his presence. People that are worshiping Jesus, giving unto him, being obedient unto him. Church, let me ask you, do you possess that kind of wisdom? 
Is that who you are? A wisdom that's not self-centered, a wisdom that's not centered on just yourself, but a wisdom that, 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 that's centered on Jesus and what wisdom that he wants for your life. The Bible tells us that he wants what's best for who? He wants what's best for us so we know where our true joy comes from. It's not going to be found underneath the tree, amen? It's not going to be found by the, the stockings that were hung with what? With care, amen? It's not going to be found in those things. True joy is going to come with your relationship with the creator of Christmas, amen? So this Christmas wisdom may be shared in many packages and many sizes, but can a man-made wisdom bring salvation? Can a man-made wisdom bring about a heavenly eternity? The greatest wisdom one can ever share with any of us is the wisdom that comes with having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Church, do you have that? Is that who you are? This morning you, you came, you, you sought to be in His presence, you came and you worshiped. How's that going? How's the obedience going in your life? The wise men traveled eight months to worship Jesus. Four months there and four months back. You've traveled here this morning. I have no idea how far some of you have come. But let me ask you something real quick. Has it touched you this morning? Has Jesus Christ touched you? Is the Holy Spirit moving right now in your life? Is there something that you need to come and give to God? Is there something you need to, have to come and say, Father, take this? Is there something you need to come and, Father, I need to rededicate who I am as a Christian? Or maybe there's some of you this morning that's never professed Jesus Christ as your Savior. Romans 10, 9 says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you shall be what? Saved. Are you saved today? Is he living within you? Or is he just living on a mantle? Is he just living on a postcard? Is he just living on a manger outside someone's house? This is personal, amen? This is you. So this morning as Billy comes and we have our time of invitation, don't, don't go home miserable. Don't go home mad. Don't go home sad. Go home with hope, amen? Go home with joy and love and peace, knowing that you have the best Savior, the only Savior in the world, in your life. Will you stand this morning?